Welcome into the Golf Club. You can find the Golf Club every week on the ESPN Chicago app. And it's brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka, America's original craft vodka. Visit them today at titosvodka.com. My pleasure to join a guest who's been on multiple times now from the Action Network, Jason Sobel. Jason, how are you? I'm doing great. Can't wait for this week to get going in the Valero, Texas Open. And then uh, we got a little tournament in Augusta, Georgia next week that should be pretty good. Yes, just a little one. But before we talk about the Valero, Texas Open, of course, talk about the Masters, Jason, I want to go back to match play because I was following you on Twitter and I thought you had so many mm-hmm. interesting takes. Um, and there's, you know, it, it was a, it's a great tournament. I mean, it really is a lot of fun early on, especially because you love the upsets early on. Antoine Rosner beating Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. great stuff. But um, the the Dustin Johnson Kevin Na situation. I read an article a day later saying that technically they both should have been disqualified because Kevin Na doesn't have the power to decide if if dust if the hole is awarded to Dustin Johnson or him or if it was halved or goes to Dustin Johnson. What did you make of that whole thing with Kevin Na and Dustin Johnson? So for those listening who didn't really uh, catch what happened there, Dustin Johnson had about a uh, 12-foot putt. He missed it by about six inches, and he walked over and just raked it, just picked it up. And Kevin Nall went up to him a minute later and said, look, uh, I was going to give it to you, but you have to wait for me to say something. You know, you can't just take it away uh, without me saying it. And so, first of all, there, there are a few things at play here. Uh, first of all, Kevin Nall is completely right. Um, now, it took him eight to ten seconds for DJ to walk up to his ball and pick it up, and Kevin never said anything, and it was right next to the hole. It's not a putt that he would make him putt, but he's completely correct in that. You know, he is supposed to say something. You know, he he didn't say anything. Uh, DJ should have waited or asked, "Hey, is that good? Can I take it?" Um, you know, these these are big boys. They've been doing this for a while. Now, I have a little theory that hey, maybe Kevin Nas is playing mind games with the world's number one player, and if Knock and sort of get in his head, admonish him a little bit for raking a putt that he was going to be given anyway, and maybe that kind of gets him off his game, and then he can go win that match. Well, it turns out that's exactly what happened. DJ didn't play well for the rest of the match. Kevin not beat him in a match, which essentially didn't really mean anything, but maybe a confidence booster for a guy going up against uh, the game's number one player, the reigning Masters champion. And so uh, maybe it was just a little bit of head games. You know, maybe, hey, he saw the opportunity to, you know, I'm not going to give it to him. He's going to pick it up, and then I'm going to tell him this, and then, you know, maybe I get in his head a little bit. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit there, but you never know. And it's interesting because after the round, Jason, Kevin spoke. Uh, he spoke uh, to the Golf Channel, and I, from what I understand, Dustin Johnson did not speak to anyone and just left. So, so clearly he wasn't too pleased. Maybe, or maybe he was just leaving anyway. I, I honestly think that this is... Uh, probably a bigger deal that we're turning it into than it, it actually is between them. I, I can't imagine that uh, even the next time they see each other, the next time they're paired together, they're, they're really going to care one way or the other. Well, let me ask you a little about Kevin Na, though. Is, is he, is he well-liked on the tour? Because I know everyone loves him walking in the putts, but do players that play with him, does that get annoying after a while? I don't think so. Uh, okay. I've never heard anyone saying they don't like Kevin Na. I know uh, he's been called one of the slower players out there. And right. I think a lot of the players who like playing quicker uh, don't like 
being held up by slow play. And so, uh, you know, if there's a uh, sort of black mark against his name, it's it, it, it's the slow play thing. It's not anything to do with his personality. It's not anything to do with who he is or anything like that. But I think he's probably a hard guy to be paired with, but not necessarily a bad guy to hang out with after the round or something like that, if that makes sense. We're visiting with Jason Sobel from the Action Network. And Jason, um, you know, the, the the golf on Saturday and Friday late was great. I mean, Sergio winning against Lee Westwood on a hole-in-one is unbelievable. Um, I, I thought your tweet talking about the golf on Sunday was spot on when you said, if anyone wants to consider this a fifth major, basically watch what's going on for the last 11 hours. It was, a, and I'm a huge golf fan. I love watching it. So I especially love this kind of format, but it was a rough watch on Sunday. I think they went with three hours between birdies. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that, that was tough to watch on Sunday. So I think a lot of people sort of misinterpreted my message there, which was, you know, I, that I don't like match play or that I think this, uh, this tournament needs a solution to figure out its problem. This is the nature of the beast. I love having a match play event every year. But professional golf events at the highest level of the game are essentially an entertainment product. They're TV shows. And the match play annually is a terrible TV show on Sunday when you whittle the field down to just two players or uh, four players if you include the consolation match. And uh, more than likely, and we've seen it year after year after year, just not going to be very exciting watching two guys play golf. Even when we watched the match a few years ago between Tiger and Phil, it's the two uh, biggest superstars in the game over the last quarter century facing off head-to-head. Everyone's pumped up about it. Everyone's been talking about it for months. They get on the golf course, and it's just not that much fun to watch two guys play golf against each other. And so it's just the nature of the beast. And so this was not me saying, Match play is broken. We need to fix it. This is not me saying get rid of the, uh, the WGC match play event and don't do it anymore. This is just me saying, hey, look, for, for the crowd, and, and there is a fairly uh, vocal contingent out there of fans and media people who think a major championship should be match play or the FedEx Cup should be match play every year. Uh, look, I think we have to remember that this is a TV show. And if you're not going to put on a great entertainment, entertaining product for that TV show on a Sunday afternoon, then what's the point of doing it? And so uh, I really think that, you know, uh, one is enough, and we get one match play event every year amongst the game's best players, and uh, the other events are just fine the way they are. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And, and, I mean, do you attribute what happened on Sunday just because the fact that those guys had – you know, Scotty Scheffler and, and Billy Horschel just played so many holes and just were exhausted. Absolutely. They played 122 holes each, which is 50 holes more than they would play on a normal week with four rounds of stroke play. I had Kevin Strillman on my radio show uh, a couple days afterwards, and Strillman said, you know, I got to the weekend, and I only played one match on the weekend. I, I was wiped. He's like, I was so tired by the end of it. I can't imagine how tired these guys were by the end. And, yeah, so uh, they played a lot of golf. It's a tough walk. It's windy. It's brutal conditions. They're not playing that quickly. It's just the nature of the game. Billy Horschel is one of the quicker players on the PGA Tour, and people are calling him out for slow play on Sunday. This is just what it is. And, again, it comes down to 
two players playing golf against each other on Sunday afternoon. There's nothing else to show. And so you show them walking down the fairway, and you show them throwing grass in the air to check the wind, and you show them talking to their caddies. And after a while, it's like, man, I just hit the ball. Come on. Well, uh, there's nothing else for the TV producer and TV director to cut to because there's nobody else on the golf course. And so uh, it just feels like they're playing really slowly. They're playing the same way they play all the time. And uh, I, I think that uh, we just have to understand that. We just have to understand that for that one singular event. It's pretty fun on Wednesday. It used to be more fun on Wednesday when it was single elimination. It's pretty fun on Wednesday. It's way more fun on Friday when you get some playoffs, like you mentioned, Sergio holding out for an ace uh, to beat Lee Westwood and knock him out. And then it gets progressively worse on the weekend. But, again, uh, there's no solution. I don't think there's a fix to it at all. Jason Sobel is our guest on the golf club, brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka, America's original craft vodka. Visit them at titosvodka.com. And, Jason, uh, this weekend it's the Valero Texas Open. I have a question for you because I was looking at my odds for the Masters, and Ricky Fowler is in it, but he's not on the, f- he's not on the field for the Masters, is he? He didn't make it, did he? He is not in the Masters. That's why he's playing the Valero this week. So if he he's went- trying for that one last spot. There's a golden ticket. It's like... It's the Willy Wonka Invitational. Uh, everyone's going for that one golden ticket. Corey Connors did it a couple of years ago. He did it in great fashion where he was a Monday qualifier and six days later not only won the Texas Open but got into Augusta, got into the Masters as well. So that was a really cool story. And, uh, yeah, Ricky Fowler and a handful of other guys, probably about 130 other guys in this week's field are all hoping for that golden ticket. So it's, it's not a great field, and I saw Dustin Johnson uh, with Drew um, from this weekend, uh, Jordan Spieth is your favorite at ten to one. What 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 uh, what golfer? I know you usually have some sleepers too, but what what golfers are you feeling have a chance to win this week? Yeah, so it's a really interesting one. Depending on the book that you look at, either Jordan Spieth, who hasn't won in three years, or Tony Finau, who hasn't won in five years, right. is your favorite right. for this week's event. There's there's not exactly a whole lot of uh, of, of proven recent winners in this field, which should make it a lot of fun. And that's, that's what makes betting great is that, hey, this one should be pretty wide open. I really like Ryan Palmer, who has a nice record at this event, uh, three top six finishes in his last five starts here. Uh, he's played in it 18 times, hasn't won an individual event in 11 years. He won the Zurich alongside John Rahm a few years ago, but uh, has not won himself since 2010. So for the 26th-ranked player in the world, it's almost – uh, astounding that he's risen that high without having a win in so long. But he is a very good player. Uh, he should be a good one to watch out for this week. As far as some other players, Abraham Answer, uh, a local guy, lives in San Antonio now. So uh, I think he should have some home cooking this week. And he will like it there. Charlie Hoffman has a great record in this event, 14 for 14, making the cut. Going a little bit lower than that, if you're looking for some bigger odds, Brandon Grace. Won just a month ago in Puerto Rico. Uh, he has a nice past history at this event. Sam Burns, the guy who drives it really well. Jonathan Vegas, same thing. Doug Gim, we saw at the Players' yep. Championship. Playing alongside Justin Thomas on the final day. That did not work out well for him. No. But this yeah. kid is pretty resilient, and I think he's going to bounce back. So there's some names for you, I think, kind of covering the spectrum of uh, a couple guys with shorter odds than going down to guys with longer odds. Uh, I think the, I think he's won this tournament before, Jason. I'm kind of shocked, like what happened to his game. But uh, whatever, what happened to Jimmy Walker? Like he, he for like a year and a half, he won the PGA Championship, and 
He was a really, really good golfer. I feel like every every weekend he was in contention. Now he just, you know, you never even see him anymore. What happened to Jimmy Walker? Jimmy Walker contracted Lyme disease about four years ago, and he had a pretty tough battle with it. And I think because of the disease, I think it led to some other injuries. And so he's uh, between illness and injury. He's been dealing with stuff for a while now. There's been glimmering signs of, uh, you know, hey, maybe his game's coming back just a little bit. He's not quite uh, where he probably needs to be yet, but um, if he can ever find it, it would be a good story. And we've seen other players over the years where it's like, hey, whatever happened to that guy, and then all of a sudden, uh, six months later, he's back to winning golf tournaments. Right, and, uh, you know, it's crazy, and I thought Joel Damon brought it up a great point when he after he won. It's so impossible to win a golf tournament, right? I mean, it just... Everything has to go your way for four days, basically, to win a golf tournament. And that was pretty cool scene uh, when he won over the weekend. So let's get to Augusta, what everyone's looking forward to. Dustin Johnson is the favorite. And I think you tweeted out something yesterday that the favorite hasn't won, the betting favorite hasn't won in Augusta in a long time. Uh, there's so many guys you can choose from, right? There's so many different storylines. But go, you know, just a weekend in advance, what are the things you're looking for and... What is uh, the guys you're, you're saying, boy, these guys got a legitimate chance to win next week? Yeah, it's funny. I'm actually in the middle of writing a uh, sort of dive on 10-year trends and looking at pre-tournament odds and how they correlate to uh, the final results each year at Augusta National. And what I found is over the last 10 years, uh, we've had 13 different favorites. I include some co-favorites in there. And none of those favorites have won the golf tournament. Uh, but... None of them have finished worse than 40th either. So what I think that shows us is that, uh, yeah, it's predictive, but it's not completely predictive. Uh, you know, we, we can't just say, hey, well, this guy's the favorite, so he's going to win. Um, it, it's not as uh, clear-cut as that. I'm looking for the same two things that I'm looking for going into every Masters. The first one is recent form. I'm a firm believer that you can't fill up on the, and drive down Magnolia Lane and go try to find your game on the range at Augusta National. You either have it or you don't. And so I'm looking at guys that have played well over the last month, two months, three months, uh, who are bringing some semblance of a, uh, a solid game and a solid recent history to Augusta National. And the second thing I'm looking for is ball striking. It is a second-shot golf course, and uh, I think after Bryson DeChambeau won the U.S. Open last year, he was the favorite at the Masters in November, and everyone was saying, well, he's just going to tear this place apart. He's going to mash the ball all over, and what we saw was he really struggled because second shots are, uh, that's sort of the worst part of his game. Uh, he has an advantage when, uh, when you can, you know, just, Hey, distance is going to be a huge factor. The U.S. Open, hey, everyone's going to hit in the rough. It's better to be in the rough 50 yards further than everybody, and that's going to give you a huge advantage, and that's exactly what he did at Wingfoot. Can't really do that at Augusta as well. And so I'm looking at guys who uh, have good numbers, strokes gained approach, and quite honestly, and I do a podcast every week with Justin Ray from the 15th Club, who's a yep. uh, one of the best uh, stats guys in the game of golf, and um, we're on the same page with this one. He said the stats right now, uh, the stats of Jordan Spieth would jump off the page and say, this is the guy you need to pick. 
based on how they correlate to what we're looking for at Augusta National. And so he's going to be very, very high on my list going into next week. I haven't finished off where I'll have everybody sort of ranked in the field, but uh, I'm looking at guys like Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, of course, who won the Players' Championship. Uh, Patrick Cantlay played really well at the match play before getting knocked out. Um, you know, guys that uh, we've seen. I, it's not going to be a player that you go, wow, where did he come from? Haven't seen him in a few months. It's going to be players that, hey, the signs were there, and whether we took them or not, uh, they were trying to show us over the last couple of months that they were going to be factors at Augusta. All right, before I let you go, just let me run a couple golfers by you and get your opinion on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Day, who I, I, I know he's had the back issues, and for having him put together four good rounds, it seemed like it's been almost impossible. But I feel like he's, as you just mentioned, a guy like you're like, where did that come from? I feel like he's starting to get back into form. And back in the day, like four or five years ago, he was always competing at Augusta. And then he's had the injuries, and he really hasn't been there on a Sunday in a while. But what, do you, what are your thoughts on Jason Day? like him a lot next week. He's very, very quietly trending in the right direction. He hasn't seriously contended for a title yet this year, but he's been sort of up there on some leaderboards and played well on the weekends. And uh, So I, I don't dislike Jason Day whatsoever. I do think that that past history at Augusta will serve him well going into next week. Sergio Garcia, past winner, played really well at match play, has played well. He played well at the players. Um, do you feel like he's coming into form and he obviously knows how to win there? Absolutely. Uh, I put him on the same level as Day, just a guy that uh, we didn't see that much of until recently. And then first-round lead at the Players' Championship, looked really good at the match play. He was my pick to win last week at the match play. He didn't quite get there, made it through, uh, I believe, to the, the quarterfinals, but um, got knocked out by Victor Perez. But Sergio is a guy that, uh, again, a ball striker, and ball strikers are, are the guys that I'm looking for uh, at the Masters. So, yes, I, I like him a lot. He will be at least in my top ten going into next week, if not my top five. He hasn't won since 2014, and he's starting to play a little better. Bubba Watson. Yeah, Bubba's a guy that, quite frankly, I really only look at him three times a year because <laughs> there are events right. that he really likes. Uh, one of them's at Riviera, yep. the Genesis Invitational. One of them's at TPC River Highlands, the Travelers Championship. And the other one, of course, is Augusta National. And so uh, he's played well in the past. I just haven't quite seen the consistency that I would like to see from Bubba. I, I just don't know where his head is at right now. Um, he's a guy that has the talent to, on any given week, just show up and go win a golf tournament. But it's been a long time since we've seen that from Bubba, and we haven't seen him seriously contending. So he's probably uh, not quite as high on the list uh, as Day and Garcia and guys like that for me. Okay, one more. He won it, I think it was Abu Dhabi. I can't remember, but in the, in the past, guys who've won that have gone on the win, I think it was Danny Wilt and Sergio, back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. Paul Casey's 40-1. to 1. He's playing well. Last year he competed, I think, in one of the majors, if not two. Do you think he's a legitimate contender next week? Yeah, I feel like you're reading some of my notes. Uh, I really like Paul Casey going into next week. Paul Casey uh, is not just a good ball striker. Paul Casey is one of the better high ball hitters uh, in the world. He hits his irons a mile in the air. And I think at Augusta, that is such an advantage because he can land the ball in specific spots where you say, okay, well, uh, instead of hitting a ball onto the green, I hit it low and it bounced and it went into a bad spot and I couldn't get up and down. I made bogey. You can hit it nice and high land exactly where you want, and be able to control things a little bit better. So Paul Casey is a guy that I do like going into next week as well.
Hey, Jason, I know you're busy. Thanks for taking so much time for us, and uh, always appreciate you joining us in the golf club. You got it. Thanks so much.